You are Locked On Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Sun Devil fans, it is a Tuesday edition of the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. Joining you solo today as Richie Bradshaw is at the Senior Bowl, getting ready to talk about everything ASU, namely Rashad White, over the next week or so. Uh, but today we're going to be talking about ASU basketball's close loss against U of A. First half went well. What went wrong in that second half? Then we're going to talk about some coaching changes on the ASU football team roster. Uh, essentially, they've had four coaches leave over the weekend. And then the last part of the podcast, talking about who is going to be replacing Zach Hill as the new OC. You're listening to the Lockdown Sunables podcast. <laughs> Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making Locked On Sun Devils your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. You can find me, Connor Drios, at C Drios. You can also find Richie, my co-host, at Richie Brads with a Z36. You can also follow our Locked on Sun Devils Twitter page. That's at LO underscore Sun Devils. We also have content that comes out Monday through Friday for you guys. Uh, make sure to hit that subscribe button and never miss an episode. Uh, you can find us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Odyssey app, Stitcher, and now YouTube as well. So let's get into the game against uh, U of A. Sun Devils, uh, the Sun Devils traveled to Tucson this past weekend. And it, it was a rivalry game, right? When you talk about uh, rivalries in almost any sport, barring just a huge disparity in the talent level, which you can make an argument in this case. The, the game doesn't always seem to go the way you think it would. Uh, U of A was essentially 20 to 22 point favored uh, favorites coming into this game, depending on which betting source you were using. Uh, and it ended up losing by 11. Now, I'm not saying only ended up losing. Uh, it, a loss is still a loss, right? Um, ASU is on this losing streak, and it doesn't look like they're going to be coming out of it anytime soon. But uh, they played very, very well in that first half. Very, very well. And again, I feel like with every game where ASU is in it, we always talk about the defense. And it, it's fair, right? This was a very low-scoring game, uh, partly due to maybe uh, U of A being a little bit off coming out their loss against UCLA, uh, part of it being maybe the rivalry game. But ASU has always played solid defense. Very rarely have they been kind of blown out unless their offense just isn't putting up points whatsoever. So uh, great first half for the Sun Devils. Uh, U of A, I think, tied it. I think it was four times, if I remember. Uh, but they never took the lead. Right now, ASU did have uh, an eight-point lead with just a few minutes left in that first half. Uh, so surrendering that for U of A to tie it at the end of the half was a bit of a uh, – it felt felt a little defeated uh, going into that second half. But regardless, if you would have told me that ASU never lost the lead in the first half of the basketball game, I, I don't think I would have believed you. Now, weirder things have happened in sports – um, ASU caught fire and U of A was kind of doing the opposite. So uh, pretty simple formula there, but really, I, I think part of it came down to obviously Arizona, not shooting very well as a whole, regardless of ASU's defense, which they did play well. Uh, U of A was not, not shooting very well, especially uh, from behind three point line. Uh, I don't remember how many shots they had in the first half, but I know they didn't make one three point shot and it was definitely over 10. And I want to say they were Oh, for 15 by the time they made their first shot several minutes into the second half. Um, so, I, I mean, if they're shooting at like a 30% clip, which is not good and is certainly not good uh, by U of A accounts, 
if they're shooting at that low of a percentage, U of A is definitely leading this game uh, over ASU in that first half. So got to give credit to the Sun Devils, right? They they hang, they held them there tough. Uh, but regardless, very low performance by Arizona as a whole. Short of DJ Horn, who had a great game, had 17 points. He was your leading scorer. He only had one other player inside that, or not inside, but had put up double-digit points or more. So uh, and that was Jay Heath, which it, this was his first game back back after serving a, a suspension with Bobby Hurley. Uh, Horn essentially was the sole reason they were even in this game at all. Uh, going essentially 5 to 12, shooting about 42% from three-point range, uh, which is just slightly above his average. That's, that's kind of where he's been. Uh, and then essentially going 6 for 17 overall. Not to, not the most efficient, uh, oddly enough, when shooting inside three-point range, but uh, kind of was what it was. Kamani Lawrence was back uh, after dealing with an illness, as well as uh, I think it was Gaffney, who had like a, a face fracture as well, didn't end up putting any points. So you, you did have uh, some decent points, I guess, from Jalen Graham putting up nine. He ultimately had contributors, but not a difference maker. I think you had some contributors, but not a difference maker. Now, even though I said U of A was not shooting well in the first half, that's true. ASU was also doing everything they could to give Arizona extra chances. Uh, they had, I think, 11 turnovers in the first 12 minutes. 11 in the first 12, right? Like, turnovers are going to happen. It's not so much that they just can't commit any turnovers at all, but when you are not playing your best basketball, especially offensively, because defensively they've been solid, when you're not playing the best on the offensive side of the court, giving a team like U of A who came into this game as the number three team in the nation, giving them some wiggle room to, to essentially, when they're not, when they're having arguably their worst shooting half of uh, the entire season, giving them those extra opportunities to hang with you guys, absolute backbreaker. Now you only lost by 11. It's not so much that um, if you're, it, ultimately, if you're not giving them some of these turnovers, I don't know how many points they scored off, scored off those turnovers, uh, but I'm sure it was a, a decent chunk of what would have been an 11 point victory for them. So uh, definitely a disappointing loss, but, I guess they covered the spread would be one high note. So ASU still has a long way to go, especially with their next upcoming games against some more ranked opponents. So they get UCLA, USC, and Arizona again. It's not necessarily going to be very fun for them. If they haven't figured this out now, I'm not sure what almost getting their butt kicked over the next couple of games is going to do for them. But ultimately, after that first half, Definitely a very, uh, again, surprising game of how that was going so far. But you could just see Arizona State ran out of gas. Um, I, there were several minutes, at, at least even in the first half, too, there was at least a three and a four point, or not a point, three and four minute runs each where ASU didn't score a basket at all. Uh, and they almost had a, a seven minute run where they didn't score anything in the second half. So um, if you want to point to one thing in particular, uh, almost going seven minutes without scoring a, a basket, giving U of A the opportunity to take that lead was probably the the worst part about this game. But uh, for how hot an example like a DJ Horn was, only going to last for so long. Uh, and this is this is something that Rich and I have talked about of how important it is to have multiple people who can score. Uh, when you only have DJ Horn and no one else is really contributing, it makes things a lot harder, especially on one individual who DJ Horn is a stud. But let's not call him a superstar, per se, in the Pac-12. Very solid player. Uh, would be starting for several teams in the Pac-12, but not quite at that superstar status where he can elevate the entire team by himself. Um, outside of Horn, the team shot poorly all the way around. Uh, shot just under 33% from the field, 
Um, they shot 36.4% from three point, which is odd uh, considering that's well above their like 27, 28 uh, or so percent as a team. Uh, so essentially inside uh, the paint, some of their jump shots, just nothing would fall for this team. Um, only making essentially 20 baskets out of 61. That's just not going to get it done. Uh, of their free throw attempts, again, not calling this the biggest narrative that uh, is the reason the record is the way it is. But currently sitting at 6-12 and 12, their last three games, uh, the opposing team is heavily out shooting them at the free throw line. ASU went 8-15, for 15, which is not, not good. But even if you make all 15 of those shots, you still lose by four. Uh, that being said, U of A had 32 free throw attempts. Uh, again, another case where the other team is has twice the amount of free throw attempts as uh, Arizona State and playing on the road at Tucson. Maybe a little bit of home cooking there, but overall, if they can't figure it out outside of DJ Horn, they can play all the great defense they want, right? They're not an elite defensive team, but they're a solid defensive team. Uh, but if it's only going to be the DJ Horn show and that's it, he's not going to be enough to get it done. So with that, we're going to go ahead and move on to the second part of the podcast for you today, uh, talking more about some football-related news. Uh, the allegations hanging over ASU uh, have been going on and have been very silent for a while, but we kind of have uh, some news on the coaching lines for ASU that might be giving us a bit of an indicator for where this is going moving forward. Uh, but first, we have to talk to you about our friends over at Bet Online. So Bet Online, if you've heard Richard and talk about um, Arizona State football, right, for the last five, six months, you've heard us also talk about Bet Online. So there might be less football being played, but BetOnline.net uh, has way has way more odds and info for the playoffs this season. From scores, total uh, total player performances, uh, player props, to where the next uh, fire coach is going to land, BetOnline is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. And it's not just football. BetOnline.net has basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC. Uh, odds coverage is the best best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline remains your number one spot for online wagering uh, this season. BetOnline, the fastest, easy, easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Uh, play your favorite games as well. Bet online where the game starts. Thank you again for making Locked on Sun Devils your first listen every day. Again, we are free and available on all platforms. Now getting to some coaching news for the Arizona State Sun Devils. At the beginning of the year, or at least when the, the allegations came out of uh, uh, essentially the recruiting violations, ASU had suspended three different coaches that were involved. It didn't seem to be all, right? We, we saw three different coaches leave, but you can't convince me that Herm Edwards was not necessarily involved or had no knowledge of the situation when this came down on him. Uh, so you, you saw three different coaches leave. So those being tight ends coach, Adam Brenneman, I believe, uh, wide receivers coach, Prentice Gill, and there was defensive back coach, Chris Hawkins, all placed on administrative paid leave prior to the start of the season. So there's a little bit of a, a jumble for who's coaching where. Uh, all three of them uh, essentially have left the program. And, one of the most surprising ones, though, was Zach Hill. Zach Hill was rumored to be involved in the situation, but he he was still on the staff, right? Now, ASU might know something as far as uh, different coaches and how involved they were, maybe where they're placing blame. Maybe Zach Hill was just way too important to this team that they were able to place him on administrative leave uh, like they did the other coaches, which also is not a good look. But uh, Zach Hill gave his resignation this weekend. He did not... Uh, say that he was fired by the, the school. They did not come out saying he was fired. He gave his resignation. Now, that's interesting. I, I feel like we're going to see a, a little bit more of what's going to happen to the school much sooner rather than it is later. But Zach Hill leaving. Why? Like, well, what, what's the point? Like, you stuck it out with them through this season. That's great. 
Uh, we had potentially an opportunity earlier this year. I shouldn't say we. Zach Hill had an opportunity uh, to be the uh, OC over there uh, and didn't end up coming to fruition. Now, I think it's just because Auburn went in a different direction. But wh- why wait till now? Um, I, I'm very curious what that logic is going to be. I'm very curious where he's going to go. But now you've got a spot to fill. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later on in the podcast. But uh, as far as the coaching changes go, uh, Zach Hill has essentially coached with us for the last two seasons as far as o- uh, the OC. And he was with us for other positions over the last several seasons as well. But Zach Hill is going to be an interesting replacement. Now we had, uh, uh, it, I, it's going to beg the question of, how are they going to change this offense moving forward? Um, I'll spoil it for you guys a little bit. Glenn Thomas was uh, brought in as the new offensive coordinator. So Brian Billick, I, I think I think he had a, a pretty decent decision as to him getting hired. So we'll, we'll kind of see where that goes. And again, I'll talk about that a little bit later on. But for all the coaching changes happening to the Sun Devils this season, why why hasn't it affected more of the, the coaches on the staff? So as I had mentioned, with Zach Hill, if he was involved, why was he able to be on the staff this season? Uh, for Hearn Edwards, uh, again, you can't convince me he wasn't at least uh, aware of what was going on. Why is he still on staff? Now, Rich and I have also talked about the season that we think that he is still there, him being Herm Edwards. He's still there only because they, they can't find a respectable head coach to come take his position. In this case, they're almost leading a lamb to slaughter, the lamb being Herm Edwards. And once they find out what the penalty is going to be, they can figure out if it's going to be a, an overall fireable offense for Herm, which... I think after next season, especially if they're not very competitive, I think it'll be more than one reason for them to publicly say, you know what, this just isn't working out, Herm. We're going to have to move on. Uh, You've brought us several seasons, maybe with eight wins, short of that COVID-shortened season, which is great. That's not what we're striving for. We're not uh, looking for just eight-win seasons. We're looking for uh, Pac-12 South champions, uh, championships, and at least an opportunity to play uh, against, potentially could be Oregon year over year, but... uh, I, I think ultimately he's going to be the scapegoat in a situation where he was very aware of what was going on. Uh, I have no idea if he tried to stop it, if he was a major uh, reason as to why this was happening. But uh, what I do know is there were coaches left on staff while there were three others placed on administrative leave. Uh, so now with Zach Kill leaving, I'm curious if he's going to say anything publicly or if it's going to have to wait until um, uh, if it's going to have to wait until the, the sanction violations come down and they find out what the school penalty is going to be but at the end of the day uh part of this is going to change for asu going forward and how maybe they run their offense as well uh so with brian billick again coming in i am very curious with uh, uh what their new oc glenn thomas is going to bring to the table are they going to be able to change things around a little bit more for uh essentially Jaden Daniels moving forward is it going to be a benefit to them well we'll talk about that a little bit more in the, the last segment of the podcast for you today uh you're listening to the locked on sun devils podcast I want to talk to you guys about uh, Rock Auto. Uh, so this episode is one of the sponsors for today. With an ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer? Choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry, you have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Uh, Rock Auto is a family-owned business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Their prices are reliably low and for every customer, including me and you. Uh, They have everything you could ever need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. 
Go explore their easy-to-use website today and find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Talking to you about the, the new replacement for the Arizona State Sun Devils in terms of their offensive coordinator position. As I had mentioned a little bit earlier in the show, we have Zach Hill now leaving the program, giving his resignation versus them firing him. Uh, maybe that was something he was expecting to happen regardless uh, and just essentially uh, outed himself in this case, looking for another place to coach. Now, uh, within the last week or so, we've seen former Super Bowl winner Brian Billick be brought on staff, which gives this Arizona State Sun Devils team three different coaches with coaching experience, right? You have Herm Everett, who is an NFL coach. Uh, you have Marvin, uh, Marvin Lewis, who came over from the Bengals uh, to serve essentially as a defensive. Uh, he wasn't a defensive coordinator. He was uh, uh, like a consultant, defensive consultant. Brian Bilk has now been brought on to coach uh, essentially in the exact same role. He's like an offensive consultant for what will now be aiding Glenn Thomas. Uh, so Glenn Thomas, essentially, I think his career is most notably known for coaching with Matt Ryan and the Falcons. Spent seven seasons there. Part of it was as an offensive assistant uh, for those years, I believe, and the other three, I think, were as their quarterback coach. Uh, Matt Ryan's had some very solid uh, years throughout his career. Obviously, as of late, he's getting a little bit older. Maybe not playing his best football, especially after losing Julio Jones. But regardless, Glenn Thomas has been kind of all over the place. He spent the last two seasons with UNLV. Uh, and he's also coached elsewhere in the NFL. He's coached with uh, the Ravens, I believe, as well as uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, something notable in the college drum as well. He also coached with Matt Rule. Uh, Matt Rule, when he came to the Carolina Panthers, was a very sought-after name, uh, regardless of how the season went for them. He's got some experience. Uh, Glenn Thomas did coach with uh, uh, Mike Smith, who was their coach at, at the time, uh, for several years with the Atlanta Falcons. <clears throat> uh, Mike Smith and uh, Brian Billick being great uh, great friends, from what I'm understanding. It seems like he might have had a, a bit of a, a bug uh, in Brian Billick's ear, saying, hey, Glenn Thomas might be the name that you're looking for to fill that OC position. Now, as I'd mentioned a little bit earlier in the podcast, it's going to be interesting to see how the offense changes. I think at the end of the day, coaches can only do so much, right? It, we, we talk about how AFC was not a prolific passing team, but if you don't change up either the, the quarterback who's throwing the ball or get him the proper weapons to throw the ball, there's only so much you can do. So it, it's great to have the NFL experience on the team. Uh, the, the defense has definitely been a strong point. How much Marvin Lewis has played into that, not quite sure. Um, but they've also had uh, quite a bit of talent on the defensive side of the ball as well. So moving forward, are they still going to be a run-heavy team, right? We have Tevin White coming in. We had Daniel Nagata from this last season. Uh, and then we had uh, Zazavian Valade coming over from Wyoming, kind of giving you another three-headed uh, monster, or at least a, a solid trio of running backs with Jaden Daniels' legs. As of right now, uh, unless I hear something otherwise, we start seeing things in practice come spring ball or uh, as we get closer to the fall where ASU is going to be changing their offensive identity. I, I think it's going to be almost the same, right? They're going to be a very run heavy team uh, utilizing play action when necessary, but it's not so much that they have to change up what they're doing, right? The, the defensive game is still going to be the strength of this team. So why not utilize that strength? But obviously they're still looking to make Jaden Daniels a more efficient quarterback. I don't have numbers in front of me of uh, the splits for uh, run percentage versus pass percentage when uh, Glenn Thomas was in Atlanta. 
Um, at the end of the day, the only thing I care about is the experience that he has and what he can do for Jamie. Uh, now, Richie, I, I know, has has tried to speak into existence about this senior season Jake Plummer type year for Jaden Daniels, and that'd be great if it could happen. But if he doesn't take that step, that's fine. It just has to be better than last year, right? There's just too many mistakes that Jaden had made, uh, one being more turnover prone than he ever has in his career. Uh, I, I can't remember. I don't have his numbers off uh, the top of my head in front of me, but even his first year, year and a half with his second season being the COVID shortened year was not a turnover prone quarterback in the least. Now it's not like he was thrown for 40 touchdowns either, uh, but his touchdown to turnover ratio was, was very solid this year. It was uh, definitely short of two. So not quite what we wanted to see out of Jaden Daniels. Uh, I feel like it was something that we didn't talk about enough throughout the season, uh, but definitely towards the end of it, we, we kind of see who Jaden Daniels was in his junior year. Uh, can his change with Glenn Thomas now as their OC be that prolific? Maybe. It's way too soon for anyone to say yes or no, right? We have more NFL experience on this coaching staff, which is always going to be a good thing. That being said, forgive me as a fan if I'm not incredibly giddy because we have another solid name in this program. I am not going to sit here and say that it's just the worst thing they could have done, but uh, we have to let this play out for itself, right? There's still so much that's going to change to give Glenn Thomas essentially everything he needs to, uh, to do his job. Uh, part of that's going to be replacing players on the offensive line, right? We have uh, both Kellen Deese, the left tackle, and Donovan West headed to the NFL draft. Um, and we have several other players uh, leaving as well, whether that was the transfer portal, some wide receivers there losing some of the offense with Rashad White and Chip Traynham. Uh, so Glenn Thomas is going to have to essentially create a whole new puzzle, right? <clears throat> he's being given a puzzle to try to figure things out. Hopefully he's got all the right pieces. And I, I think that's even a metaphor I've used on this podcast before. Hopefully he's got all the right pieces to the puzzle because you can make a case that Zach Hill was given uh, a puzzle with missing pieces to it, or he had all the pieces, weren't the right shape. Um, we'll we'll kind of see what the formula they come up with is moving forward. Obviously going to have their hands full with schools like USC reloading with Lincoln Riley uh, and Oregon still being a, a solid team and maybe Utah being able to repeat potentially uh, as kind of a, a Cinderella team this year. Not so much going from like worst to first, but maybe not the team you expected to compete in the Rose Bowl and win. Uh, but We'll see where it goes for Arizona State. Now, uh, I'm curious where their other uh, coaching positions, if they're going to change anything there. There were some more internal hires, or I should say promotions, uh, to kind of backfill some of the other positions that were fired. So that it was the DB's coach, wide receiver's coach, or tight end coach that were also let go over the weekend. Uh, it, it was really more of a internal hire there versus bringing in Glenn Thomas externally. So um, as of right now, ASU has added a name to their team. What it's going to amount to, your guess is as good as mine. Let us know on Twitter what you guys are thinking about this hire. Is this going to be a great move for them? Is it a neutral move? At the end of the day, Zach Hill could have been the guy for the job, but he might not have been given the team. So bringing in Glenn Thomas might not do anything for us. It might be more of a lateral move as a whole. If you think that uh, it, that uh, their previous OC, Zach Hill, left, maybe because the sanction violations are coming down, and he doesn't want to necessarily be here when it does, um, let us know that as well. Like we're, we're curious what your guys' thoughts and opinions are because right now we can only speculate so much. All we know right now is that four coaches were let go over the weekend and Glenn Thomas was now replaced as their OC. So uh, with that, I'm very curious where Zach Hill will be going and what his job will be. Uh, obviously, I'm sure he'll be in, in some sort of offense, offensive position moving forward. Is that going to be at a higher profile school? 
I'm not sure I can see that happening unless the the penalty handed to ASU is just nothing great. And he can convince some school that, yes, I was involved in this. Here was my role. It wasn't anything major. Uh, we know what we did was wrong, but here's what I can do for your program. So um, still wish Zach Hill nothing but the best. Uh, did like him here with ASU. Um, but that being said, again, Glenn Thomas being brought in, uh, giving some more uh, NFL experience to this coaching staff moving forward. I had mentioned that Richie was going to be out at least for today's episode of the podcast. He is in Mobile currently right now getting ready for the Senior Bowl. We're going to have all your, your uh, Rashad White updates, uh, trying to get a little bit more content, if at all possible. Uh, but worst case scenario, we're going to be talking a lot about Rashad White this week and how he is potentially separating himself from these other running backs that he is playing against. We've also got a little bit of news coming to you guys uh, from the East, East-West Triangle. So we have five different representatives here. DJ Davidson, uh, both of our corners, um, Jack Jones, and then uh, 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 Chase Lucas. Name was escaping me there for a second. Um, but then both, uh, I think, Kellen Deesh. Uh, and then we also had uh, another son of a representative in there as well. Trying to give you guys all the news there as they are potentially moving towards the NFL draft as well. Uh, but thank you so much for making Locked on Sun was your first listen every day. Again, we are free and available on all platforms. You can follow me, Connor Drios, at Cedrios. You can follow my co-host Richie Bradshaw at Richie Brads with six. We also have our Locked on Sun Devils Twitter page. That's going to be at LO underscore Sun Devils. Give us a there. We're tweeting from all of our personal accounts as well as the Locked on Sun Devils accounts, either during games or when coaching hires uh, or news breaks for this friend, uh, the school as a whole. Um, so always hit that subscribe button. Never miss an episode, uh, which comes out Monday through Friday. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Odyssey app, or wherever else you guys get your podcasts. Again, thank you for making us your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked on Bets. They're going to be your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. You're listening to the Locked on Sentinels podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast 